Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. In this podcast, I want to provide an update about the state of the Kurds, what's going on with ISIS, what's new, and where things are heading with our Kurdish friends worldwide. As you know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm very passionate about the Kurds. Uh, I care about them because many of them are my friends. I care about them because they are the largest people group in the world without their own homeland. Almost 35 million people worldwide who do not have their own homeland. I care about them because they're the primary boots on the ground. Uh, standing against ISIS. I care about them because many of them live in America and uh, need to be befriended and welcomed and helped and encouraged and and stood with and just known, by the way. Uh, And I care about them because their time has come. They are probably going to be the world's next new nation, and we should welcome that. They're staunch Western allies. Uh, Many of them are pro-Israel. They are moderate religiously. They're exactly the way we want to see the Middle East go. And while they do have their problems, and I'll talk about those in this update, uh, you know if you've listened to this podcast very much that I'm very, very passionate about the Kurds. But I'm also passionate because a great many good things are happening now. Uh, Approximately two years ago, in 2014, uh, the story was that ISIS controlled approximately as much uh, square mileage in the Middle East as equal to the state of Maine in the United States. Um, they had about 30,000 warriors, maybe 40, some said, but I think 30,000 was uh, about right. And they ruled over maybe 15,000 uh, civilians in the territories that they controlled. Now in 2016, uh, at the very most, ISIS controls a territory approximately the size of the state of Maryland, one of our smallest states. Uh, They have dropped from 30,000 in 2014 uh, down to where the Pentagon recently reported that they number only about 15,000 warriors, and they only rule over civilians totaling about six to seven million people. Uh, So there has been dramatic decrease. This is because of the bombings. This is because of the noble fighting of Kurdish forces, better known as Peshmerga. This is because of the international coalition working against them. What's very exciting uh, is that we are... uh, currently witnessing the liberation of Mosul. Now, Mosul is important because not only does it sit right near huge oil fields, uh, it was also the Christian center of um, much of Iraq. In fact, some people say it's the main Christian city in Iraq. Um, You might know it better as the modern city that sits right next to the site of ancient Nineveh. Uh, So all the the story of Jonah and the whale and uh, the repentance of the city of Nineveh All of that takes place right there in the vicinity of modern Mosul. Uh, You might also have seen the 60 Minutes report uh, about the decimation of Christianity in modern Iraq. Well, that was largely because ISIS had taken over Mosul and had destroyed many Christian sites, many Christian documents. And in that heartbreaking 60 Minutes story, you may have seen a Syrian church that would have been Eastern Roman Catholic, so to speak, uh, a Syrian uh, Christian leader just weeping over the destruction of the faith, the destruction of documents, the destruction of churches, uh, and the loss of the faith. So what's happening now, though, is that Mosul is in the process of being liberated. And that's great news, of course. Um, But as I give you a bit of an update about what's going on with the Kurds, I want you to consider some of the challenges they face 
And part of the reason that I do this is obviously I want Western Christians to pray. I want us all to be concerned. I want us to be informed. I'm very gratified that there are a lot of people in Congress who pay attention to my updates about the Kurds. Um, And so I make sure that I am on top of what I'm talking about. I check in with the KRG office in D.C. Uh, I call friends in uh, Iraqi Kurdistan. Uh, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about because I know it's very hard to get uh, straight information for the average person in America about the Kurds. And then second of all, I want to make sure our folks up on the Hill uh, have the best information. Granted, they've got advisors and security services and State Department advisories and so on. But um, sometimes there's background information they might not have. So what's great is, of course, that Mosul is being liberated and that that's uh, that's going very well. Now, what what the the problem there is, the the challenge is um, that there's got to be some plan in place for governance afterwards. Uh, So far, the military plans are very far ahead of the political plans and that you've got to have sharing. You've got to have a plan for sharing of authority. You've got Kurds, you've got Arabs, you've got Yazidis, you've got a number of religions, you've got another number of ethnicities who are going to move back into that area. So we need a very wise plan for the governance of Mosul, which is in the province of Nineveh, and uh, need need to need to know exactly how that's going to go. And that kind of thing needs to be planned in advance. Uh, that kind of planning is not the kind of thing the United States and the Western nations as a whole tend to be very good at. We tend to be a bit ham-handed in reorganizing governments uh, in the wake of, of battles and military operations like what's happened in Mosul. So while we're celebrating the liberation of Mosul and uh, seeing good things happen in the province of Nineveh, we have to realize that we need a plan for governance. The other thing that's going on is that you're likely to have, as a result of the liberation of Mosul, a huge amount of displacement of people. Hundreds of thousands of people will be displaced. Uh, This is for a variety of reasons I don't need to go into now. What you need to know is that Iraqi Kurdistan has absorbed lots of refugees because of ISIS and other kinds of persecution. Uh, The Kurdistan region continues to be a host to almost all the Christians and Yazidis in the entire nation of Iraq. Bear in mind that the Iraqi Kurdish Kurdish areas uh, are less than a third of the entire nation of Iraq. And yet they have absorbed almost all the Christians and all the Yazidis in that area. I mean, Kurdistan, Iraqi Kurdistan has already uh, provided shelter for close to 2 million people. I want you to consider that you know, the, the population of Iraqi Kurdistan is probably not more than five to six million, and they've absorbed two million people. So they're very concerned that as Mosul is retaken, um, that you're going to have the displacement of a lot of people uh, because of those who are driven out, because of those who are driven out by the forces that are driven out of Mosul, the ISIS forces, and so on. And you're likely to have hundreds of thousands of people flooding into Iraqi Kurdistan. Well, You've heard me describe this problem before, that we in the United States are are technically prevented from providing aid directly to the Kurds because our agreements with Iraq indicate or require that we run all of our aid through Baghdad. Well, Baghdad is bedeviled and troubled and divided and, and much of the government is corrupt. And so the aid rarely reaches the Kurds. So obviously what's got to happen is that the U.S. provides aid directly to the KRG, directly to the Kurdish regional government, uh, 
basically Iraqi Kurdistan, um, as they absorb hundreds of thousands of more refugees in addition to the two million they've already uh, absorbed. When I was in Iraqi Kurdistan last summer, in the summer of 2015, uh, I toured these areas. Our organization has helped to uh, develop some of these camps. And literally, you've got hundreds of thousands of people living in great big camps. And the Kurds are very gracious and providing funds and providing homes and providing schools. Um, but obviously, two million absorbed by arguably five to six million is is just a huge load. And you might have a million more. Uh, so this is something that's got to be dealt with. The U.S. needs to provide support. The U.N. needs to provide support. Other nations need to provide support uh, because uh, the religious minorities in the Middle East, or at least in Iraq, are flooding into Iraqi Kurdistan, and our gracious Kurdish friends are doing the best they can do uh, to take care of them. But one of the exciting things, very exciting things that's happening is that there is going to be a referendum on independence. Now, you know that I am a strong advocate for Kurdish independence. Again, the Kurds are the largest people group in the world without their own homeland. So it is time. There's been a civil war in Syria. There's been, of course, the unbelievable implosion of governance and order in Iraq. Um, you have Turkey uh, that's just a mess and ruled by a man who I think is probably mentally unstable and definitely an extremist uh, Islamist. He's recently made speeches about retaking Jerusalem, for heaven's sakes. He's bombed his own Kurdish populations. Um, he may have even helped to foment the appearance of a coup that we all saw recently uh, and certainly has, has used it in its aftermath to benefit from it. So all of this to say that it's time for the Kurds to have their own homeland. It's it's time for uh, the lines to be redrawn and for uh, some part of the region that the Kurds claim for themselves, their historic homeland, that involves part of Turkey, uh, part of Iraq, part of Syria, perhaps part of Jordan. I don't, I don't think so much of Jordan, um, so maybe part of Iran, but they need to be given their own homeland. It's time. It's one of the things that will assure their safety. Um, they can be a fantastic trading partner and an investment center, and it's time. And I'm told by uh, Kurdish officials in D.C. that they plan to hold a referendum soon. The timing is unknown exactly. But what definitely needs to happen is that the next U.S. administration should be ready to consider this rather than be in denial about it. Uh, that, By the way, that sentence I just read is the exact sentence from my Kurdish friends in D.C., and I couldn't agree more. I haven't heard as much as I wanted to hear in this current election about the Kurds uh, in this current election cycle. Uh, hopefully, we'll hear more in some of the debates that are yet to come. Uh, I know that Mrs. Clinton is aware of the Kurds and Kurdish problems. She had to deal with them as Secretary of State. Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot about uh, the Kurds from Donald Trump, but hopefully, uh, our posture as a country will be to welcome a referendum on independence and then to be willing to recommend independence and to endorse it. Uh, my hope uh, is that very soon, within the next few years, we are able to celebrate an independent Kurdistan. And um, so overall, the trends are very good. Kur knowledge of the Kurds, uh, information about the Kurds, the success of the Kurds, it's all increasing I will say that Iraqi Kurdistan is very challenged financially. Uh, the petroleum, a percentage of the petroleum profits that should be coming from Baghdad are not. Um, you obviously have had a slowdown in investment at Iraqi Kurdistan. In my book, uh, The Miracle of the Kurds, I describe at that time, a couple of years ago, 
the amazing investment that was going on there. Obviously, that slowed a bit because technically it's a war zone, um, or at least just right outside of its borders, there's, there's, there's war. But that's decreasing now. We need to be investing. Private corporations need to invest. U.S. government needs to invest. Um, and we need to be welcoming this amazing, the rise of Iraqi Kurdistan, the rise of an independent Kurdistan that will be, of course, more than just Iraqi Kurdistan. So good things are happening that's the update. But we have a huge refugee crisis. The Kurds have been so gracious in handling refugees that the Pope even commended Masoud Barzani, uh, the president of the KRG. But uh, they're, 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 it's possible they could be swamped. Uh, Christians throughout the world should be grateful for what the Kurds have done because many, many, many of the uh, Christians in the Middle East who have been displaced through the persecutions of ISIS uh, are now in Iraqi Kurdistan. Um, so uh, overall, the Kurds have been a wonderful, uh, not an agent for the U.S. at all, uh, but standing for justice, standing for democracy, standing against ISIS, welcoming uh, 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 refugees, um, just exactly what we would want them to do. Now it's time for us to help them, uh, give them aid to deal with the refugee situation, help them stabilize politically, and uh, then help them as they move towards independence. I will also say uh, to my Kurdish friends and to those who are listening uh, and who get this podcast in Kurdistan, that obviously one of the issues that has to be dealt with um, are this, are, is the rule of the strong political families um, and the way that this looks undemocratic um, and the way that uh, some strong, uh, strong-armed people, some uh, the strong man, as they would say in Africa, uh, still rules the affairs. You have uh, certain factions, certain families, uh, certain financial interests that dominate Kurdish affairs, and that's got to come to an end if you're going to have a true democracy. So that's for the Kurds to work out themselves in whatever way, but until that is dealt with, there's going to be some doubt in the West as to whether the Kurds are really ready for independence and some doubt about the investment environment that is so critical to its future. But overall, the trends are good. I'm excited about Kurdish independence. I'm excited about the independence of uh, the uh, liberation of Mosul. I'm ex- excited about Christians being able to drift back into their ancestral homelands. I'm just, I'm excited about uh, the encouragement of democracy. I'm excited about the defeat of ISIS. And now uh, there's work to be done, but we may very well be able to dance in the streets at the arising, at the arrival finally in history of an independent modern Kurdistan. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.